0: Walking through all the way up to Calvary on Easter and then last week we kind of took the, um, some of the, one of the episodes after Easter. I'm going to continue it for two more weeks because I think it's important. Um, we're going to be in, in the last chapter of, of John starting. we're going to hit the first 14 verses. this is a um, important chapter. there's some very important things that's going on here in um, some things that we can take away that are very applicable, uh, we can use in our lives today, some things that are going on in this set of scriptures here. So it um, says that after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and in this way he showed himself. So this is the, this is the way that this scene happened. We have Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two of the other of his disciples were together. Okay? So we got seven people there. And one thing I pick up from this set of scripture right here is that nicknames have been along forever. <laughs> that's, not, that's not a recent thing. Okay? So we got seven guys here, and um, this is after Jesus has resurrected And um, these guys have not gotten their... They haven't gotten their great commission yet. And they're kind of in a little bit of limbo. And I want you to ask yourself this morning, are you in a situation, and it might not be with your life, might not be with your finances, it might be mentally, it might be spiritually, it might be in your life, and it might be financially. But sometimes we find ourselves, and it doesn't matter what age you are, how mature you are, what you've been through, but sometimes we wake up and we find ourselves in some sort of state of limbo and we're just not connected. We're just not, we just don't have the, the boat anchored or we just don't have um, things as solid as we need to be. And I think if you're honest with yourself, that's probably going on a hundred percent of the time in some kind of way because this world is so changing. This world is so rough in I mean, so merciless that any kind of mistake or misstep or anything that's going on, any kind of change can really throw a, you know, a a loop at you. And sometimes if you're not careful, you can find yourself in a state of limbo and all those things or a couple of those things. But if you're honest with yourself this morning, you're probably in a state of limbo in some kind of way. Okay. So these scriptures are speaking to us because these guys were kind of, you know, they didn't really know where to, where to go, what to do. And they are kind of looking around each other. And what happens when a bunch of men don't know what to do, what they decide to do? They decide to go fishing. Okay? So they decide it's a good time to go fishing. And they were professional fishermen, of course, before Jesus called them. And it uh, says that Simon Peter, not knowing, not knowing what else to do, he says it's time to go fishing. And they, so they all said... Well, we're going with you too, all right? And what is sometimes the case when you find yourself kind of distraught and you're kind of in limbo and you make a decision to go do something? What happens generally when, that, when you make that decision? It's not very productive, is it, sometimes? And you end up even being more frustrated and more, you know, like, this didn't help at all. This was supposed to help and it didn't help at all. And that might be where you're finding yourself this morning as well, is that you are in a state of limbo. You don't know what to do. You made a decision and now that decision has not produced the results or the things that you've wanted it to do. And now you're even more in a state of limbo because it says there that they went out, they immediately got in the boat, spent all night, and they didn't catch a thing, okay? So these are professional fishermen as well, and that's insult on top of insult, right? So they're not catching anything. And then it says there, but when the morning had come, Jesus was standing on the shore, but the disciples did not recognize him. And so why do they not recognize him? We don't know that for sure. The the scriptures don't. Clarify that for us. Um, you know, they still might be in a mindset that he's not there all the time anymore. He's here and there. I don't know. They might be where they're not even considering that he would show up. But Jesus is there, and then he yells out to them, and he cries out to them, children, have you any food? And I think the, the gist here is have you caught anything? And I think sometimes what would happen is there would be um, maybe some people from, some servants from some homes coming on, you know, back and forth from the market, going to the house and back, and they might yell out, you know, like, hey, I could probably buy some fresh, some really fresh fish, you know, right out of the ocean here, or the sea, and, um, you know, might be able to get something. So, that happens sometimes where, you know, he had servants yelling out. So this wasn't just like a, a crazy person yelling from the shore, like, you know, you got any fish? That kind of stuff, all right? So they're, So this might be a, a casual thing here. And they answer that, you know, they just own up and say, no, we haven't, we haven't caught a thing here. We don't have anything in the boat, okay? And let me ask you this, okay? And I already know the answer. You already know the answer. But does Jesus ever ask a question that he doesn't know the answer to? Hmm? Don't, I used to hate it when I showed up late or, or, you know, or my parents would start quizzing me. And about the second question I knew, they already know what I don't want them to know. <laughs> so how do I answer these questions and not my, get myself in further trouble when I'm trying to get myself out of trouble? Okay? Long story short, it never happened. I got myself in deeper trouble. Okay? And sometimes that's happening, and you know when the questions are coming from Jesus in your head, That he already knows the answers, okay? And this is, so he's asking, have you caught any fish? And they said, no. That's kind of a slap in the face. We know that Jesus asks us questions. We have those internal discussions. You might be having those this morning. You might be having them right now or here in the last couple of days. But we have discussions with Jesus Christ, and he asks us these questions. He knows the answers. We know the answers. It's getting us to admit the answer. It's getting us to the place that he needs us to get to. All right, so, but when the, and he says to them, cast your net on the other side, pick your net up. So these guys, so they're not rodding real fishing. All right, they're throwing them out and then they bring these nets in. That's the kind of fishing going on here. All right, I don't know, I've never read anything I've studied this. I've never read anything that shows that there's a, there's a plus to going on what they call the evening side or the morning side, okay? There's, there's no skill that's better on the left side or on the right side. And in fact, if the boat is floating, if you're throwing on this side, you know, and you're floating this way, you know, you're, you're throwing it on stuff you've already hit. So if you, Depending on how you're floating, you might be re-fishing on different areas. You know what I mean? So he's telling them, throw it on the other side. Throw it on the right side. And they're exasperated probably. They're worn out. And they say, what could go wrong? How, how much worse could it get probably? So they draw in the net and they throw it on the other side. And when they do that, and they cast out on the other side that Jesus tells them to cast on, It says now they were not able to draw it in because there were so many fish in the net. Okay? So, what's the takeaway here? The takeaway here is that there is service, and then there is divinely inspired and led service. And that is two different worlds. And the the results... Of those two different worlds couldn't be more different because if we're true to ourselves when we do things a lot of times we do like to get credit for it that's just natural that's just human instinct and when we we like to be bragged on we like to be acknowledged you know we like people to say you know Star Church did good you guys did good all that but If we are divinely inspired and divinely led, and that is the only, bless you, and that is the only thing that we're going after, let's just be honest with ourselves. If we get to that place, the results of our service are going to be miraculous, like this is. This is 151 times greater than it was when they were fishing on the other side. When they did what Jesus told them to do, they caught 151 fish. Now, think about things in your life when you've had success. If you were capable of being divinely inspired and led, and that is the only motive and leading in your life, think about how that could be multiplied by 151 times. And think about the success that would go on in this world. If that was our only motive, to be led and answered to the call of Jesus Christ. And we as a church, that should be what we strive to do. And that is what we strive to do here. But do we always own up to that? Probably not. It's tough to do, and it's tough to answer. Sometimes we get chores and jobs that we don't want to answer. We get jobs that we don't want to do. Sometimes service work is hard, it's dirty, it's smelly, it's costly, it's time-consuming... But here's the answer is that if we're ever going to make miraculous change in this world, we have to do it led and directed by Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Thank you. Okay? And that is what happened here. All right? Now, upon seeing this, it says that, therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved turns to Peter and says, hey, it's Jesus. Jesus. That's Jesus. He identifies that there's only one person that could make something so simple be so miraculous, and that is Jesus. And upon hearing that, it says that when Simon Peter heard that, it was the Lord. He put his outer garment on because he had probably taken it off so he could fish and get dirty and wet and all that stuff. And what did he do? He jumped off the boat into the water and started swimming towards shore. It says, but the other disciples came in the little boat, so they rowed, and it said they weren't far from land, and the whole time they're dragging the net full of fish, all right? And then it says, as soon as they had come to land, they saw fire and coals there and fish laid on it with bread ready, okay? So what's the takeaway here? I don't know if you know this or not, I don't know if you're able to identify this, but Regardless of what's going on in your life, regardless of the trials and tribulations or the journeys that you take or the, or the mistakes that you make or where you end up, good or bad, if you end up in a great place, in a bad place, I want you to understand this, that this is always the case. Jesus is there. He has been there. He's, had, he's been there. Through their trial and tribulation, guess what? He was there. They didn't know it. But he was there. They didn't identify it. Even when he was giving them divine inspiration, it took the success for them to open their eyes and see that it was Jesus. And that happens to us each and every day. But here's the thing, and I promise you this is true. doesn't matter where you are, what you are, how you got there, how bad it is, how good it is. Jesus is always there. That is the promise in the Bible. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Nothing can separate me from you, my love for you. I will give you grace and mercy and love in the perfect level. Jesus is always there, and it's pointed out right here. And it's, he says, bring some of the fish you have just caught. And Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to the land full of fish. I was wrong, 153. I'm sorry, not 151, 153. And although there were so many, and here's the thing, the net was not broken. Now, there's a, there's a message there, okay? And here it is. Everyone's welcome. There's room for everyone. There's grace for everyone. There's love for everyone. There's no need to exclude anybody. There's no need to push anybody away. All are welcome. All can be changed by Jesus Christ. Salvation is available for everyone. Everyone. And you know what, the net will never break. No matter what kind of burden you put into it, no no matter what kind of success you put into it, if Jesus is the guiding force and he is the captain and he is directing the project, the net will never break. It will always hold. And in our lives when you think that the strain is too great and Jesus won't be there for you and the failure's too great and he won't accept you back, I'm telling you, the net will never break. It is too strong. The love of Jesus Christ for everyone is too strong. The net never breaks. And it says that Jesus says, come and eat breakfast. This is a monumental statement right here. Do you know what Jesus Christ wants from us? Communion. He wants to have communion with us. He wants our lives to be communion with him. And I will say this. If you see a moment where Jesus Christ is saying stuff important to his disciples, teaching moments, guess what? They are usually eating. And let me say this to you again, okay? Everyone listening out there or may ever listen to it, all right? If you want to show and have some positivity in your life, in your family life, I can give you one thing that will immediately show that. Eat together. Have dinner together. I don't know how it happens. I don't know why it happens. Put the phones away. Ariane is the phone police at our house. Our I don't have my phone on, but our kids sometimes are bad about doing this. Like here's the table. They don't think you see this. (laughs) What my phone? That's how it goes at our house, all right? And here's how dumb I am. I do this. (laughs) Just out in the open. Put it up. Oh, okay, sorry. All right. Put the phones up. Eat together. Converse with each other. Ask questions. The, The statistic teenage pregnancy goes down. Drug abuse goes down, okay? I don't know. I don't know how it happens. And let me, let me say this too, okay? And I'm surely by now you have figured out I'm not the smartest guy in this room, okay? If you want to grow a church and you want more people to show up and be changed by Jesus Christ, feed them and they will come. And listen, I understand. It's hard work. That's coming from a guy who is not a, I'm not very good in the kitchen, okay? I'll just be honest with you. I, I've tried to get better. Have I gotten better lately, Ariane? Smidge? Okay, I'm trying. But I understand it's hard work, it's expensive. But it works. So I'm, I'm pleading to you, if you want to show some immediate positivity, some immediate results in your house, eat together as a family. Make it a ritual every night. Every night that you can, I get it, not every night you can, but every night that you can, eat together. All right? It works. And as a church, we need to have fellowship over a meal. It works. And it says there that, it says that, yet none of the disciples dared ask, who are you? Because they knew that it was the Lord. And Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. What is the message there? Who's still serving whom? Jesus is still a servant. What's that say to us? What are we called to do? Serve. Serve in love. Not out of duty. Serve in love. I'm telling you, it works. If we reflect the way Jesus does it, I promise it works. He says, this is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples After he was raised from the dead, I'm going to make three reflections here, okay? Because this is the way that Jesus operates. This story is actually a review of three things that have already happened. Number one, Jesus feeds them, Jesus fed the 5,000. They had a little bit of fish, and he provided fish for 5,000. This is the other side of this coin. Jesus has a little bit of fish. Who brings all the fish this time? The disciples. What is being said here? Jesus is telling them, I showed you how it was done. I provided the fish last time through the miracle. Guess what? You are supposed to provide the fish this time through service. I will provide the miracle. I will provide the means for you. The net won't break. I'll tell you where to go, how to fish, but I will provide the fish for you. But it's your opportunity. It's your duty to go out on the boat, go fishing, bring the fish in, and serve. We are called to serve. We are called to go out and get the fish and feed people. Feed people. We're called to go out and preach the word and feed people. Tell them how your life will be changed through the love of Jesus Christ, through the salvation of Jesus Christ. That's our job. Jesus is telling the disciples, this is now your job to go out and feed people. Okay. So Jesus and Peter, remember when the storms were raging? Jesus shows up. They were fearful. He says, don't be afraid. It's me. And what's Peter say? If it's you, really you, let me walk on the water. And when he gets afraid, what's he do? sinks. This time, what's he do? He sees Jesus Christ. Does he sink? He dives. He plunges into the water to swim to Jesus Christ. I'm telling you this morning that it is our duty to plunge into the work of Jesus Christ, plunge towards Jesus Christ. Go to him. All right. If you have to swim to shore, go to Jesus Christ. It's our obligation to go to Jesus Christ, to plunge into the work of Jesus Christ. And here's the third one. Okay, Jesus called them to be fishers of men. This time, he's reiterating it. Through the miracle of just taking the net and going from one side to the other side, 153 fish are in there. Guess what? He is reiterating the original calling way back in the beginning of the Gospels. And what's he say? From now on, you won't be fishers of fish, but what? Fishers of men. And what are we supposed to be doing? Isn't Jesus amazing? Huh? Isn't the Bible amazing? It's almost too simple, isn't it? That's how a guy like me gets it. After I pray about it all week, finally like, oh, I, I think I get it. What are we called to do? Serve. Have fellowship. Bring people in. Accept them. But we put all these limitations and all these problems in and guess what he's saying? The net will hold. Don't worry about it. And then we say, well, sometimes we'll go out and we don't fish or we don't catch fish. I'll tell you where to go. It's it's as simple as me telling you to throw it on the other side of the boat but Jesus will provide. It's our obligation to go out and do the work that we're called to do. Let me ask you, bold face, as I ask myself, bold face. Are you, am I, truly living up to what we've called to do? Or are we kind of set in our own little world, protecting ourselves and kind of you know, taking care of my, this is my time, and I got my own special time, and I got my own stuff I wanna do. and I can't be bothered with that right now. Ask yourself, are you really living up to what Jesus is calling you to do? And are we, we need to ask ourselves, are we truly living up to what Star Church has been asked to do? Thank you for tuning into Star Church's sermon. We truly hope that the sermon edified you today and brought you closer to the Lord. For more information about Star Church, visit our website at stargbchurch.com. Once again, that's stargbchurch.com. If you would like to visit our church, our address is 4925 State Road, 142 North, El Dorado, Illinois, zip code 62930. We now pray that God will bless you as you enter the mission field and bring his word to the world. And, as always, we will see you next time here at Star Church.